Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Welcome, everyone. My name is Michael Brodeur, and if we haven't met yet, I'd love to meet you. Uh, We are Leaders Alliance, and this is the Leaders Alliance podcast, and uh, we are taking another step today with an amazing friend of mine, Steve Fish. I'll introduce him in just a moment, but I want to say that we are a community that is around the globe of men and women who are committed to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see impact in terms of souls being saved. We want to see the overall righteousness of our culture be fostered and increased. We want to see businesses thriving. We want to see educational systems coming into alignment with kingdom principles. We want to see governments uh, eject all corruption and just start living Uh, for the good well-being of the people that they serve. Our hope is to see all the aspects of God's kingdom come in this earth at this time. And so what we've done is we've built a collection of about 200 leaders right now. About half of them are church leaders. The other half are somewhere in the marketplace. They're either business leaders or education leaders or in social services or uh, civil service. They're also people that are intercessors and prophetic people, church planters, people who care a lot about the family. We have a number of different leaders that are gathering together because we believe that it's important for every leader in every setting to have a degree of harmony and synergy with one another so that this dynamic of God's impact in our earth can be measured and felt and and fostered. And so anyway, welcome. We're so glad you're with us today. And uh, we are excited about Leaders Alliance and what we're building. We're in the midst of the summer gatherings. But if you you want to find out more about who we are, go to our website, leadersalliance.org, and check out some of the the, the free training that we have, we have a, an initial pop-up window with some good leadership training on it. We also have an amazing uh, uh, course that we just released, and it's called the uh, Kingdom Leadership Foundations course. It'll blow your mind. It's a very helpful, and we're just going to follow that up in a couple of months with our advanced leadership training course. And so, again, we have a lot of resources we want to help you partake of, and but we really would like to have you become a member and join us because we're building something together. We have uh, different leaders joining together to actually build something that we believe is going to make a huge difference in the church and in the world in the years to come. But anyway, let's go on to our our guest. I want to invite uh, Steve Fish to come on board right now. Steve is a good, good friend of mine. We've walked together for many years, and uh, he has also been a pastor of a church in Fort Worth, Texas, called Convergence Church. It's not, he he was pastor, lead pastor there for thirty two years with his wife Marcy. Marcy's an amazing woman of God who also serves on the board of Iris Ministries, which is based in. Mozambique, Africa, but also has churches all around the world serving the poor. And they are working together as an amazing ministry team. They share both the apostolic and the prophetic gifting together. And they walk in ways that equips the church to be um, serving Jesus in a more dynamic and powerful way around the world. And so, uh, Steve, it's so good to have you on this uh, podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here. So um, why don't you begin by just sharing a little of your story, just a quick little view, and then we'll dive into some of the content we want to talk about today. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. So thankful for you, Diane, Leadership Alliance, just to be a part of this, to be a part of, you know, just to be a part of what the Lord's doing in the world today. It's awesome. And uh, as you said, Michael, uh, Marcy and I were senior leaders of a church in Fort Worth, Texas for 32 years, and uh, we have learned a lot of how not to do it and uh, <laughs> how to do things, and uh, we've walked through a gazillion transitions, and uh, our son, Andrew, transitioned into the senior leader role um, there at 
convergence uh, just in mid-June. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a really fresh trans- transition and, and we're still walking it out together. It's been a, been a beautiful process. And actually the Lord is really just since we stepped out, it's like there's been a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. It's, wow. it's so, so good what the Lord is doing there. You know, I was telling Michael earlier that one of the problems right now that they're trying to work through is, do we have another night of meetings? There's just so <laughs> much hunger right now. We, I'll just, I'll just mention this, Michael. We met with another church, a church from about 30 minutes north, came down, met with us. Our room was more full than I've seen it full uh, in years. Um, you know, after going through all the COVID and all this, like the room was packed with young people on fire. The meeting went to like 1030, the whole, just so much hunger right now. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, it's, if you're going to pass something on and it's like, you, you want to see it, we want to see it go far beyond, you know, what what we experienced in our day and and we've seen the Lord do some awesome things, but man, seeing the next generation rise up, Michael, that just, that's so awesome. Well, you know, this, just, if you're joining us today, you know, we're leaders Alliance and uh, guess what, you know, we're going to be talking about transitions in leadership today. And uh, this, you know, Steve and Marcy Fish have gone through many, many transitions over the last 32, 33 years in leadership. And we're going to be exploring each aspect of this. We're going to explore their transition into a more charismatic church setting. We're going to explore their transition into a more apostolic way of doing church. And then we're going to explore the issue of a transition into the succession that they're talking about. And how did God do all that? And so this is going to be great. But we're not just going to focus on church leadership. We're also going to focus on all leadership. Because there's similarities in the marketplace. There's similarities in every part of our journeys as leaders is that leadership is pretty much the same no matter where you're leading. I mean, the details change a bit, but gosh, leadership is all about guiding people into the best future possible. And so why don't you uh, give us a sense in the beginning, you know, you guys took over a church that was a Baptist church, right? Right. You've already been introduced to some things of the Holy Spirit, but I know that was a major part of your journey. So why don't we begin there and talk about that transition, how you manage that, and then we'll kind of move through each of the stages uh, to begin to talk about this this idea of how to lead effectively in our generation. So go ahead. Yeah, so good, Michael. Well, I I just want to, one, honor and thank the Lord for my heritage. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a a strong Southern Baptist church. My dad, um, gosh, I miss him, (laughs) was an amazing man of God and uh, and lived his faith. Um, he, He was the real deal. And, uh, you know, I would... I remember times walking through the den at my house, you know, at five in the morning and there's my dad on his knees and wow. he really lived his faith and put so much into me. And I, I, I kind of thought for a while that everybody grew up like that, you know, and then I realized like no one grows up like that. <laughs> Michael, you could tell your story, you know, and, and um, I'm so thankful for, for that heritage. And, uh, so, but I went, I went away to university and one night in my dorm room, uh, my roommate and I were praying and the presence of God filled the room. Wow. Uh, And I had never, never, ever encountered anything like this. And I can't say Michael that I've ever recovered. (laughs) Um, and that lasted for five hours that night. And that out of that experience, I began to want to be in ministry. I wasn't against what, what I had seen um, growing up. I thought it was all great, but I was going to work on computers and, and that's, that can be a great thing to do. Um, but, I, but the Lord began to put in me just a sense that I was really called to lead and mm-hmm. uh, I began to start some prayer groups. I began to read the book of Acts. 
you know, and begin to go through a personal transition <laughs> of, of overcoming my fears. You know, I think my, my greatest fear as a Baptist was uh, the gift of tongues, quite honestly, you know, and not that you praying in tongues doesn't make us more spiritual or anything like that, but it, it, uh, it is a gift from the Lord that helps us pray. And uh, that was honestly my greatest fear. I listened to a cassette tape about how people had had to have the gift of tongues cast out of them, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so it just began this whole process of, you know, but then John Wimber came to our, it was actually a Baptist church in Waco, Texas, and John Wimber laid hands on me. And he said, the Lord has given you a prayer language. Speak. Wow. And wow. he didn't give me time to be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> And so, Michael, that that began, you know, just the personal journey of, of, you know, my just reading the book of Acts, thinking these the miracles didn't stop. Like we we get to do the things that Jesus did. And, you know, I experienced that first time I saw demons come out in the name of Jesus. And I, mm. I saw the authority that we have. And mm. then I saw an arm grow and a person get mobility in their arms and eight wrist bones that weren't there. And, and you know, those, some, how those, those like first miracles are that yeah. the Lord kind of baptizes us in the supernatural. And I was just like this, what an amazing life this is, you know, that, that we, we get to live. And, and mm -hmm. so with that, the Lord supernaturally led me to Marcy. I'll just say this story real quickly, Michael. I think you've heard it, but sure. um, my dad came to me one day and he said, he said, son, I, I want you to meet this woman who's in my two o'clock class. And uh, I looked in the picture book and I said, wow, she's really pretty. And my dad said, well, son, just because I'm older doesn't mean that I've lost my eyesight. <laughs> and uh so i never could get there to meet her and then my dad called marcy at the end of the semester and said hey have you finished your reading reports and she said no he said well that's not really why i called he said uh can i give my son your phone number wow. and uh, so here we are 34 years later so we went into a, a church that Southern Baptist Church and actually is still, Michael, connected with the Southern Baptist. Well, wow. uh, we I, they have been very gracious to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so the church was headed this direction and we began this journey of saying, hey, guys, let's not only talk about this, let's really do it. Yeah. And the journey be really began with worship. Wow. Let's value the presence of God. Let's go all the way with the Lord in worship. And wow. we begin to take it once, you know, one step at a time, seeing the gifts manifest. Um, we, I would tell our church, you know, I'll be honest with you, what just happened makes me uncomfortable, but I'm not sure it makes God uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and our main thing here is that we want him to be comfortable. Yeah. So in the transition, then, um, did most people come along with you? Were there some that kind of resisted the, the transition to explore some of the gifts of the spirit and how that worked? Because that's one of the challenges that most leaders in transition have gone through is that not everybody wants yeah. to go with you on a change that you're leading them through. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, not not everyone came along. And I most pastors I talk to, and Michael, you've been through this. Um, I don't know that everybody, when a church really begins to shift, that there are going to be some that are just like, hey, this is not not what I want to be a part of. And we we blessed people when they allowed us to, sent them out, you know, um, two other churches. Most people came along though. And, and I think part of what can help people is, um, you know, you see this pattern at Pentecost because mm -hmm. you think about Pentecost, we would not have started church that way. Mm -hmm. We, we would not have come up with that with right, right. Holy spirit falling, people speaking in languages, 
drunk with the Holy Spirit. And at least I would have locked them in the room and not let them spill out into the street. This is too crazy. (laughs) But they spilled out in the streets. And and so there's a pattern there. There's three things that happened. One, Peter allowed, like they allowed the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wanted to do. Yes. And it was, you know, you can't, you don't read Joel 2 and come up with, you know, you don't think it's going to look like Acts 2. Exactly. <laughs> but Peter stood up and he let it happen. So he let the Holy Spirit move, but then he, he interpreted it. Yes. And this is something I think sometimes that we do miss out um, in providing. Mm-hmm. Let the Holy Spirit move, but get up and give that interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this may be new to you. And we understand that. And I just want to understand, explain to you that this person just gave a message right. in, in, a, in a prayer and this other person gave an interpretation. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians 14. Love to talk with you about it later if you have any questions. So good. And so you give that interpretation and then he preached Jesus. We yeah. just keep pointing people to Jesus. Amen. He is our focus. We Yes, we want all the gifts, all the expressions, but we keep being enamored with Jesus and who he is. That's so good. Well, I mean, that was one of the things I loved about working with John Wimber is that he yeah. took time to help people in the transition. He let the Holy Spirit move, but then he interpreted what was going on. He gave definition, and then he kept aiming people back to Jesus, which those three points yeah. are just so, so good. Okay, so then this was probably what? 30 years ago that you guys went through this transition. And so yeah. now after that, though, you guys went through a season of church growth, a, cert, a, cert, a, a season of impact in your city. Talk about that whole season leading up to um, the, the transition towards the apostolic. Because yeah. I know, you know many of us were raised in a system of leadership that wasn't as empowering. We didn't know how to empower people effectively. We didn't know how to delegate effectively. We didn't know how to raise up and send others in a powerful way. And so we inherited a certain way of leading. What was your transition like as you came into ministry? And how did you lead initially? And what were some of the transition points for you to be a more empowering leader during that early stage? That's so good. And I just want to echo, Michael, how thankful I am for John Wimber. And yeah. the impact that he had on my life, um, I just encountered him that one time. But I read all the manuals, the books, the tape, yes. cassette tape series. So yeah, so so I did. I came into this mindset of I was the pastor, and I was in this church now to do the work of the ministry because mm-hmm. I was the pastor, and that took a while to shift that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the expectation was that I would preach all the time I would do, you know, and, and so I began to help just our church recognize like, Hey, we're all ministers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we started ministry teams, you know, at first it was me up front on a Sunday morning, like giving an invitation, <laughs> no ministry teams, you know, and I'm up there to pray as the anointed pastor, right? You right. know, it's kind of like, wait a minute. No, no, no. We're going to have ministry teams in this church. And so we, we started as basic as it seems. It's yeah. a big breakthrough. We started yeah. ministry teams and, and then I started empowering other people to do other things. We formed healing teams. We we formed every kind of team that that you could name, and um, and just also preaching publicly of how my my work is to get all of us doing this stuff. Yeah, good. And I'm not I'm not here to just do this stuff myself. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole mindset, Michael, and you're, you're so aware of this, that you know, the whole pastor mindset that I came into is, is not a biblical model at all. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually a cultural model. Yes, it is. You know, it's like the pastor is a cultural thing. And, and for me, and not everybody feels this way, but I even just tell people, Hey, you know, 
you don't have to, if you want to call me pastor, that's fine. Um, and a lot of people still wanted to, but I said, you know, the name Steve has worked great all of my life, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, so it was just beginning to walk through this, this process and then to really make the, the jump into the apostolic, we began to feel like we needed other people helping us. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we sent out a church plant in 1995. And after doing that, I was like, okay, we made it, but it could have been better. Yeah. And I don't want to ever do it quite like this again. Right. And so I was like, Lord, we need help. And we need, you know, we begin to hear and, and my, my prophetic people began to come and say, I remember one of them, he said, you know, we need to, we need it. We need a connection with apostles. And, and I, I remember saying back to one of them, Michael, I, I said, Hey, uh, I, I agree with you, but what do you want me to do? Go rent an apostle? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a relational thing. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to go grab someone and say, come, will you come be my apostle? Um, yeah. But you know who the Lord connected us with in that season, uh, Michael, was Graham Cook. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Graham was living in the, the UK at the time. And my my opinion on this, like in this season, was that the guys in the UK were really, the, the revelation they were carrying in the apostolic was beyond what we had here in the US. Right. Um, the revelation that he brought to us of the kingdom, um, he, he left us in, in 1995 with a whole prophetic strategic plan. He wow. said, you're, you're moving from just being a good local church to becoming Graham's word. You know, he said a resource, <laughs> you're going to be a resource church, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so that, so he gave us sort of a model to begin moving from just a normal local pastoral church into a church that really impacts our region. And he said to us, he said, you're not normal. He said, you're going to send people to other churches in the region. You're going to send out worship teams. You're going to be sending out teams every week, preaching in churches all around the area. He said, you're going to go to the nations. Yeah. And so that began to take us to a new place. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I think one thing that, you know, if you, as a listener, if you're, if you're tuning in today and you're not familiar with this term apostolic, let's break it down a little bit for you because, um, you know, there's been actually a growing understanding in all leadership, not just church leadership, but also leadership in terms of marketplace ministries and things like that, that really leadership exists not so much to do all the work, Leadership exists to actually empower others to do the work. And that's the essence of what we mean when we use the word apostolic. Okay, let me let me just break it down a little bit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave five gifts to the church. And each of those gifts are aspects of his ministry. And so he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. This can be found in Ephesians 4. And it's just an incredibly important passage. But the passage doesn't begin in verse 11. It begins in verse 7 and it goes to verse 16. And verse 11 isn't even the most important passage in the, in the, in the you know, the most important verse in the passage. Because really verse 12 is, these gifts were given to equip believers to actually be ministers. Because yeah. the overall statement of scripture is that everyone's called to be a minister. But unfortunately, the evolution of the church over the last 1500 years has made it so that the paid clergy are the ministers and everybody else are spectators. That's never the way that Jesus intended this to be. But unfortunately, that's the way that most churches function now. So that a very small percentage of the church is actually serving and ministering. Usually it's less than 20%. And everybody else is a spectator and a consumer. But Jesus died so that every single believer would be salt and light in the earth. According to a, uh, Revelation 1 verse 6, that every believer would be a priest and king unto our God. And so we believe that the revolution, it's almost like a reformation that's happening in our generation, is a rediscovery of the priesthood of every believer. 
Now that concept's been with us for 1500 years, but it hasn't been activated because we've built churches that care for people, but they don't mobilize people. And caring is good, it's important, it's powerful. However, the purpose of God is that every single believer would fulfill their maximized potential in Christ and become the world changer that God created them to be. And that's what we mean when we're talking about a transition from a, a pastoral-based church, which is what most of us inherited, to a more apostolic church. Okay, And we're going to also apply this to non-church leadership in just a few minutes. But let's talk about that a little bit, Steve, how, how that transition took place that, you know, pastoral churches care and keep, okay, yeah. in general. Apostolic churches train and send, all yes. right? Because that's what the word apostle means. It means a sent one or one who sends. And so talk about how you, you navigated some of that transition. And you're maybe not even through that yet fully, but you've been on that journey. So talk about that as in, in some more detail. Wow, that was so powerful, Michael. I think that should just be a, a soundbite, what you did right there. <laughs> the whole, that was so good. Yes, the process of of really getting that mindset of the of the apostolic spirit soaking in to every layer of what we do. And I've I've got an example right now that's coming to my mind. We we had these ministry teams that we that actually began as we came out of renewal. Um, we realized we started realizing, hey, there's a lot of stuff that's got to be dealt with in us. Mm -hmm. And during the whole renewal, we prayed for more, Lord. And I feel like we reached a point where it was like, the Lord was like, yeah, I want to do more, but there's not room for more yet. <laughs> and yeah. so some stuff had to come out, That's right. you know? And so we actually started these ministry and deliverance teams. And in a pastoral mindset, the purpose of those teams was just to get you whole, which is not a bad, that's not a bad, Perfect. it's not a bad thing. But we started realizing that we were getting stuck. Like people were having, you know, a session every week for years. And, you know, we were kind of like, okay, things aren't really advancing in our system. And yeah. have we created something that is lower level than it needs to be? Mm -hmm. And so we realized, Michael, that the, the focus was not to just get people whole. Mm -hmm. The focus is to get you into destiny. Yes. And to get you into who you really are, into the ministry that you have, into the prophetic calling. And yeah. so we shifted from, okay, we're going to meet, we're going to get you whole, we'll meet 55 times, to, okay, we'll meet with you. But the first time we meet with you is going to be a prophetic session. Mm -hmm. And rather than ending with a prophetic, like if we can get here, we're going to start with prophetic and that's going to be what we move towards. Wow. And so even our, like our, some of our most pastoral ministries, it's like we had to shift and, and we, this is something that still we work with on our team. Yes. Because the, you know, what, it, we can all shift back into kind of safety, mm -hmm. uh, comforting, and 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 not that those are 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 bad things, but but we are here to advance the kingdom. Yes, and and so so it 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 takes a regular looking over, like okay, have have we did we slip back into that place of 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 a lower level than really that apostolic mindset that calls us into this place that we're really here to lead a city. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we're going to pastor, we're going to pastor a city and we're going to pastor our neighbors. Right. And, uh, and so it's, it's been a, a really fun journey though. Yeah. Uh, walking through so many of these different transitions. No, and, 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 you know, this is so much of what Leaders Alliance is all about, is that we're really trying to help the church as a whole through the transition, because we believe that Jesus died so that every single believer 
would come into the fullness of who he created each one to be, that every person has a personal destiny and that our destinies are so diverse from one another that you can't create a cookie cutter, one size fits all development plan. You have to be able to yeah. institute a level of, of mentoring and what the Bible calls discipleship in the church. And how do you do that? And how do you do that in a way that really produces the outcome that we're longing for? I mean, this is, yeah. and so this is what Leaders Alliance is all about. Now, let me just say about Leaders Alliance that we have um, released some leadership courses that I want to invite everyone who's listening today into these courses. And the first course we have is a free one online at leadersalliance.org. You can go there and sign up. It's just 10 minutes of teaching, but there's three of them. They're just a great introduction. But our next one that we've just released is Kingdom Leadership Foundations course. And this is literally, I guess, gosh, eight hours of teaching in 10 minute segments. And it's really about you discovering your God-given purpose and then beginning to walk in it and beginning to lead yourself and then starting to lead others. Because we believe that the purpose of God in the church is that unto him would be glory in the church, that every one of us would be walking in the fullness of our God-given purpose. But that requires development, and that development needs to be intentional. It can't just be accidental, or we're never going to get there. We'll, we'll end up with what we have right now. So our goal is to, is to really help pastors build thriving churches that maximize the the mobilization of every member according to their God-given design and destiny. Okay, but we also want to impact beyond the church, marketplace leaders, education leaders, civil servants, you know, people that are in uh, different other ministries and nonprofits. We want to be able to impact the whole body of Christ, both in the church and outside. So this leadership course is for that. And then in a few months, we have our advanced leadership course coming out. So please check out these things that we have to offer. They're really transformational and they will benefit you. But let's get back to your story, Steve. So you guys made a transition into a more apostolic process and you're still, I don't think we ever stop that process. Right. Because because it's an ongoing journey. We're helping people to take steps forward in terms of their God-given purpose. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on in life that can sabotage or hinder you or or set you back a little bit. And so we 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 need a community of people that are moving together to that outcome. So but in the recent season, you've made another transition now where you and Marcy are stepping out of your lead pastoral role into more of a, an emeritus role, and you've raised up another person to now be the lead pastor. Talk about that transition. How did you identify that person? How did you, uh, you know, begin to train them and work with them? And how do you keep that apostolic value system in place during a transition of this kind? Wow. Yeah. So we, uh, as I said, Earlier, Marcy and I transitioned to, and right now we're like, um, my role is uh, apostolic leader. Um, I'm still, I'm still an elder, um, but our son has really taken the lead role. Um, I'll preach once a month, maybe, you know, and we'll, we have a lot of things the Lord's put in our heart to do in this season. Um, you know, it's funny how these transitions work, Michael. Um, you know, we began to get prophetic words even, you know, quite a while back about this transition happening. And, and we were like, Lord, yes, we'll, we're, you know, we, we've been doing it a long time. And, and, you know, too, part of building the apostolic church was that we built it, begin to build it into the church that we're going to go out a lot. And so that was part of the church and the church, you know, we would take teams and, and so it wasn't like Steve and Marcy's thing going out. It's like, you know, we took hundreds of people to Kenya, we took, you know, Nicaragua and, and the church saw what happens when, when people mm -hmm. go out and uh, we would begin to take youth teams, you know, and even sometimes rather than just going to a camp, we said, Hey, let's ship, ship our, your kid over to Kenya for a 10 days and see what they come mm -hmm. back like, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so we begin, you know, the church sees the apostolic really, really begin to work. And, and so, um, 
when my son Andrew, I, I have I have three amazing sons, and uh, my son Andrew, uh, he he was preaching in in 2018. He had led our ministry school, and as he was preaching uh, this day, he was preaching on giving, and people were clapping, and I was sitting there going. People don't clap when I preach on giving. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is happening? And, and I stepped back and I saw that I saw a mantle mm. on my son that morning in December of 2018. And I knew that what was happening in the room, I, I recognized it, you know, with the Lord's help, that it was not just good preaching. But it actually was a mantle of authority that yeah. come on my son. Yeah. And so that began a whole process of bringing this to our elder team, laying it out, saying, guys, you got to, we all got to be on this together. And even we, you know, Marcy and I had to work through this because I have to be honest with you, Michael. I mean, you know, we've had days where we're like, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to give this to my son. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, any pastor who's honest, I mean, like you gotta, there's, you go through stuff. Yeah. And there's a price you pay in ministry. There's things that we're fighting for, you know, and and it's, you have, um, I've, I know many of your stories, Michael, and things that you fought for in San Francisco and, you know, I just love hearing the stories of the fruit that Clint is experiencing today yeah. Yeah. in that region. And, and I know Clint knows that there's those who've gone before who sure. have paid a big price. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, you know, there were, there were days where I was like, yes, it's Andrew. But Marcy was like, no, we're not going to do that to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we just really had to lay it down. <laughs> well, let me let me just say for those listening who aren't familiar with the term mantle, it goes back to a story in in First uh, Kings, actually towards the end of the book uh, near Second Kings, where um, where uh, Elijah ended up having a, a a successor, a guy named Elisha, and uh, his a mantle was a robe that he was wearing, and he said that you know basically he was able to give his robe to the next generation. And that's essentially what you've done with Andrew is that you, you know, you recognize that God had put something on your son. Okay. But you also now have been in a process of taking what's been on you and putting that on him like Elijah did with Elisha. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to touch real quickly is obviously, you know, we have a term in modern leadership transitions called nepotism where somebody's going to give leadership to their son or daughter just because they have the pre-existing relationship. They may not be the most gifted person, but they're at least they're loyal or something like that. And so, um, and that's called nepotism. And, but in fact, you know, sometimes God chooses a son or daughter. And so it's not nepotism at that point. It's actually God's choice. How did you, how did you navigate that question? Because mm. obviously, you know, I don't think that that was uh, Marcy's issue. She was probably just saying, no, I don't want my son to have to endure being a pastor. Exactly. But, but talk about <laughs> all those considerations that you went through as you were raising him up to be the next pastor, lead pastor of the church. Yeah, I think one would be I, I want to honor my dad right here yeah. that. I never once felt pressure from my dad to be in ministry. Okay. And I, I, I can't tell you how much, Michael, that that meant to me. Yeah. And so I really wanted to give that gift to my son, to mm-hmm. all of my sons, to all of my kids. We want you to be what God's called you to be. It does not have to look anything like us. We want you to follow Jesus wherever he takes you. Yeah. And, and the last thing we want you to do is to take this church if you're not called to and if you don't want to. Yeah. And so, so we began this process um, of, of walking it out. And it was, it was kind of fascinating to me, Michael. It was very organic. 
but it was very intentional. Mm -hmm. Like I had Gantt charts, you know, worked out of timelines and mind maps. And I, I love that kind of stuff. But also we held it very loosely yeah. and we made this agreement. We said, we said, if either one of us at any time in this process wants to lay it down, that is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like we will be 100% fine. And yeah. so, you know, we had to walk through with Andrew, began to be willing, but then was Emily ready? You yes. know, his wife. And then what was Marcy on board? And then were, were my elders on board? And I had to just, you know, sometimes as pastors, we can come and we, we have an authority and we really have to lay things down in a way. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I told my elders what I felt I saw, but I said, I'm laying this down. And we really need to pray and know it's the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so um, was there, you know, with nepotism, like, you know, it, there, there were some things that were said, you know, and some things that happened. And, and there was, <laughs> you know, there was, there was a moment where the Lord said, I knew it was the Lord. And he said, I, I want you to get up and just declare that each of your kids will do whatever God has called them to do, wherever it leads, whatever he says, mm -hmm. they will do it. Yeah. And that's going to be okay. And I actually, you know, we'd come through a season of a, a lot of different things that had gone on. And, and where we were as a church... I needed to make that statement at the time and something mm -hmm. when I did that broke in me and I felt like something broke off the church also. Okay, good. And so we just began to be really transparent with the church of, Hey, we're in a process. We don't know if this is, mm -hmm. if Andrew's going to want to go with this or not, but it looks that way. And so what we're going to do for the, for the last year, Andrew and I modeled each other. Mm. Like both of us were full time and my major assignment was to given him, I met with him every single week and I poured into him everything I could mm. um, that last year wow. with it still being that, Hey, if we do all of this and we come to you know the final month and, and you don't want to do that, um, then we'll, then we'll lay it down. And yeah. so I think, I think I would just encourage, you know, as parents, um, one, we never want to be ashamed of what our kids carry. Yeah. And if my son carries something that the Lord is directing, that he is the next leader of this house, then I'm going to bless that. And I want the house to bless it. Mm -hmm. If, it is that it's just my thing, <laughs> my dream uh, to have my son in that place. Um, I, you know, I, I think too, Michael, at this point in the, the game, <laughs> you and I have been around enough and, and we've had to help come in and even try to help churches recover yeah. where a, a son, whether a, a spiritual son or a, a family son was put in place who was not the one to be in place. Yeah. And, and, and it, and it, it didn't work. And I would never want to do that to anyone. Yeah. So. And to, I, do, to do the church as well. Yeah. That I know of, you know, many examples on both sides where, you know, somebody was baited to become that successor and then at the last minute, the pastor pulls it back away from them. Okay, that's right. That's error on the one side. And then on the other side, where they follow through with the succession process, but the process of training or the process of calling wasn't clear. And that person ends up failing somehow, morally, yeah. financially, or even just not having the adequate leadership skills 
to be able to lead the church forward at that time. And so there's a lot that can go wrong in the transition process, but I've had a little bit of a ringside seat with you guys. Yeah. And I've been able to just see each step that you've taken and how amazing of a job you guys have done. And then the the final step of that took place, what, maybe six weeks ago or something, right? It was uh, June 15th, I believe. Wow. And, um, it uh, was such an amazing day wow. um, of, you know, just praying the church there in agreement, the whole team mm -hmm. gathered round. Um, we actually announced it that it was going to happen then back in April. And that Sunday was just as powerful. I was almost like, hey, this was so powerful. Let's just maybe this should just be it. Um, but your help your help was key in this. And that would be another thing to say to those in this process is get some outside counsel. Yes. Get some outside eyes to look into your situation and, and to help you. And I believe Michael, that we're coming into a day where we're going to see many, many very successful transitions. Yes, that it is time in the body of Christ that we're we're coming into that place of maturity where, like you said, as fathers are not just going to put a son in place and disappear and, you right. know, not have equipped and prepared them and like, hey, take it. I'm out of here. But but there's a grace on us and we're growing as a church into a new place because it really is. It's about inheritance. Yes, there's kingdom inheritance and the next generation must be able to go beyond us. Yes. And, and so I, I want my son to be set in that place. And I'm, I'm enjoying watching this process now and learning like, okay, you know, hands off, you know, like I'm letting him, he's going to, he's going to make, he's going to make some mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're going to be there uh, to walk together in it and not control Mm -hmm. uh, but grandfather <laughs> yeah. and, and grandmother, uh, which is such a joy. Yeah, no, it is. It's kind of like training your teenager to drive a car. You oh. know? It's like you want to grab the steering wheel, but, you know, oh. and you might grab the steering wheel under the most extreme. You're, you're, you're putting your foot to the floorboard, braking. Exactly. You yeah. don't have a brake. <laughs> and, that's, and that's part of the challenge is that, you know, an inexperienced leader will make mistakes and yeah. an inexperienced leader will um, also probably as they emerge, want to lead in ways that are distinct and different from the way you've led. Right. And, and so how do you accommodate those things? I mean, these are all the challenges of leadership transitions. Yeah. But you know, why don't we take a moment then and sort of broaden this out away from just church leadership? Yeah, because. This is something that happens in every leadership delegation situation, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a business, whether it's in a school, whether it's in the home, you know, that that ultimately um, we're leading people and people are always in process. And we're always putting people into higher levels of responsibility and accountability and so let's let's kind of look at the bigger picture of leadership. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, you know, do you have a few leadership sort of truths that you've discovered that will help us in different transitions, in different processes of raising up leaders, both in the church, outside of the church? How do you see that working? Well, I think one of the keys, Michael, and, and you're, you have championed this for years, is I want to... I want every single leader, one, you know, everyone on our team is a leader. I want them, I really want them to fulfill their destiny. Yeah. Not just, I don't want to get the most out of them. <laughs> you know, and, and that is, a, that's out there in the church. It's out mm -hmm. there in the business world. Um, you are not a pawn that I want to exploit, get, exploit, <laughs> good word, and, and get out of you what I can. I want, I want you to fulfill your destiny, even if that means you're going to business B down the road. 
Like right. I may be, and, and honestly, Michael, in, in our church mindset, I, my dream was that we were going to be this amazing 1200 member regional resource revival center. Mm-hmm. And everybody was going to be on my team yeah. at our church. And yeah. it did not end that way. Mm-hmm. But I want to tell you, I have equipped people who were on teams all over churches in our region. Yes. And are having huge impact. Yeah. And that we sometimes have to raise our eyesight beyond. We've got to go beyond even just our business, our church, and we want to look up at kingdom. Yes. That that we're here for the kingdom and I'm called to equip leaders in the kingdom. And so those, those leadership choices sometimes are, they can be painful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it, you know, I remember planting it, you know, when the Lord said, Hey, I want you to send 50 people mm-hmm. down to start a church 10 miles away. And I want you to, I was on a mountain in Mexico and I, I, I knew I heard the Lord say, I want you to release anyone who wants to go. Mm. And so 50 of, you know, 50 great people all wanted to leave. Yeah. And uh, it was painful, Michael, you know, but it also was powerful (laughs) in the kingdom. And And that is the essential definition of being apostolic is if I was... I have a number of definitions of apostolic leadership, but one is a sent one who sends. I like that. Oftentimes we have to send our best. Yeah. If you want to get down to the actual Greek word apostolos, you know, it's, it's, it's a sent one, but a sent one who's also sending. And, and you did that. You've done that. And I know we've done that too, where, you know, our first season, we, we grew a very big church in a, in a city that didn't foster big churches, and we were well known for that. But really, probably our greatest work came as we started sending out people, um, yeah. some on purpose, some on accident. <laughs> but, <laughs> but people went forth carrying some of the benefits of what we had instilled in them, and they ended up impacting the world all around us. And I still get reports today from people as you do as well in your situation as an apostolic leader that you've sent out so many people who are now making a difference for the kingdom across the body of Christ. And that's so awesome and wonderful. Um, As we wrap up, because we got to wrap up in the next uh, five minutes or so, I want you to, um, you know, kind of boil it down for us. Like if you're speaking to a leader today, because, you know, Right now, you're transitioning into a place where you're going to be coaching leaders all around the world. That's kind of, you know, you've mostly focused on one church with some travel. Now it's probably going to shift so that the majority of what you're doing will be outside of your local church with some attention given to the local church, correct? Yeah. And so the the question now is, you know, what are some of the tools that you want to bring to the greater body of Christ, Uh, both to marketplace people as well as to you know, people that are serving within the local church. What are some of those tools? What are some of the core messages that you're going to be bringing in this coming season? Yeah, boy. Well, I, you know, the first time I began to understand what culture is and that I could create something that people come into it and what they come into begins to fashion, to help fashion them into something that greater in the kingdom rather than having to grab each individual and make sure each one was changed. I, I think one of the, one of the biggest things we've learned is you got to create a healthy culture, which starts with, with us being healthy and then having healthy leadership teams. Yes. And one of the things that Marcy and I love doing is, is we love, we love working with leadership teams to help one is we've got to know how to communicate. And I think, you know, for me, Michael, I was, I'm an exhorter Mm -hmm. and uh, my biggest, 
mistake the first 10 years of my ministry was that I did not know how to have more confrontive conversations. Mm. I, yeah. I believed, which I believe every true exhorter believes in their heart, that it, you can truly encourage anyone out of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when, when someone needed them, we needed to have a, a direct conversation. I would bring them into my office and just encourage them more. <laughs> and finally I realized like, this isn't, this isn't working. And, yeah. and so we love working with leadership teams. We were just up working with the staff up at uh, LCU, Todd White's ministries. And we've done this, done this wow. with Iris, with Bethel teams. We love working with leadership teams to help create healthy cultures. And then just this whole thing of uh, part of the book series we're working on right now is the presence driven church. And just really, what is it? How do you flow with the Holy spirit and obey Holy spirit and yet have plans and strategies. And these two work together, the convergence of spirit and truth that church was always meant to be both that, Mm. that we don't have to speak one or the other. Yeah. And then one of the big culture revolutions for us was this whole thing of culture of honor. And I'm actually working on a book right now called Hometown Honor. Mm. And it is about just taking this honor thing even to a higher level. Yes. That Jesus was astonished at the dishonor that was in Nazareth. And that hometown does not have to be a place of familiarity, a place of what I call frozen identity, Mm. um, or even a place of false security. (laughs) Some of the things I've been just working on in the book right now. And that we can build cultures where, and it actually begins with family, Mm -hmm. as we know, you know, fathers honoring mothers and all of that. But we can build cultures where there is honor and we recognize and have eyes to see how people right around us have grown and we haven't noticed it. And I really want to go in and help churches and teams spot each other and see each other in a different Mm -hmm. way. And, uh, take this whole thing of culture of honor to a whole new level. Wow. Those are such good points. And definitely if you're viewing this broadcast podcast, uh, I'd love you to reach out to Steve. Uh, We have your contact information that will be part of this particular podcast. Uh, um, I don't know. uh, My team will make sure that that's available so that people can reach you get a hold of where you are, the main church though. What's the uh, church, uh, the church e- e- website? So yeah. Steve at conversionschurch.com. Okay. Excellent. And you can also go to stevefish.org. Okay, good. And then, and then also convergence church, if they want to look at the church, yeah. Convergencechurch.com. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, good. Well, as we close, could you just pray? For anybody listening today, for those who are listening in the archives in the future, and just uh, really pray a blessing of clarity in turn. I mean, the clarity that you bring in leadership, that that would be imparted to them. So let's go. Yeah. Father, thank you for what you've done today. And Father, I want to thank you for grace, for great transitions. Lord, uh, any transition has some mess in it, but Lord, I thank you for grace, for good transitions, Father, that full inheritance can be passed to the sons and the daughters, Lord, so that they can go places far beyond us. Lord, I thank you for what you've given us. I thank you for the fathers and the mothers out there, Father, in churches, in businesses, Father, who have eyes to see who you're raising up and and grace to know how to impart what we carry to the next generations. Father, we we pray for that 2 Timothy 2.2, Lord, that we will impart what we carry to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others. And I thank you for that grace. 
I thank you, Father, for the apostolic spirit flowing through your church in such power and grace and strength today, Father, breaking off the old religious places, Father, and places where we've been stuck in mindsets that are lower than the apostolic mindset you've called us to. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit breaking through and for letting us be a part of what you're doing in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Steve, so much for being on. Thank you, Michael. And if you're wanting to know more about Steve, one of the other things he does is he is a catalytic uh, leader for Leaders Alliance. He actually leads our pastoral catalyst group with his with uh, Marcy's sometimes involved in that. Amazing. Uh, we just encourage you check out leadersalliance.org and yes. also um, check out our training that we have. So there's amazing training on how to be the leader that God's called you to be. So God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Michael.